We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 226. On this episode, we've got a bunch of cancellation and renewal news. Uh, just a ton <laughs> of stuff they've finally uh, announced. And then we'll be discussing uh, recent episodes of Warehouse 13, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, Grimm, and Game of Thrones, uh, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 226. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan from NoReruns.net. And Megan Ward from TVIsMyPacifier.com. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, you added your last name back. I know. This time I had to, because I wasn't like a featured guest that was already announced previous week. (laughs) Although I sort of was warned that I might be. (laughs) You you weren't going for just the one name anymore. One week and didn't stick, so he's... (laughs) Going back to the All those fan letters didn't come, yeah. so. <laughs> they were like, Kyle? Who's Kyle? Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, as I mentioned before, lots of news. Always in the last, just the run-up before uh, Upfront Week when the major broadcast networks announce their schedules to, well, to everybody, but make their presentations to advertisers and stuff to try and uh, show them what new stuff is coming. There's always... The last couple of days where everything finally just as as they start telling showrunners that their shows have been picked up and uh, officially telling people that things are canceled, all those things tend to get out before the big uh, announcements this week, where the only thing that happens this week really is you find out when the networks are, well, at this point in time, planning to air those <laughs> those episodes, <laughs> which also can be... Uh, subject to change by the time the fall season actually rolls around. Uh, but with that, we'll jump into the news and uh, start off with uh, ABC, which was sort of the remaining holdout that hadn't really said much of anything uh, about what the, the the only thing you sort of knew about was like that Once Upon a Time uh, was gone, but you also knew that things like Betrayal and Killer Women and Mind Games and the plethora of other things that they tried to air on Tuesday nights uh, or Wednesday nights. Which night was that? I can't even remember. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I think Tuesday nights is, yeah, Tuesday nights uh, at the at the 10 o'clock slot. They, uh, the that's that and eight o'clock on Thursdays are the two killer slots on ABC that nothing seems to stick. Uh, but anyways, uh, ABC announced officially that uh, Mixology, The Neighbors, Suburgatory, Super Fun Night, and Trophy Wife uh, have all been canceled, and that they uh, have officially renewed Castle, Dancing with the Stars, The Goldbergs, Grey's Anatomy, Last Man Standing, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Middle, Modern Family, Nashville, Once Upon a Time, Resurrection, Revenge, and Scandal. You forgot America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for its what, like 20th something a season? Some insane number of seasons. I remember that was on when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, but, you know, it's a solid competition for uh, 
the sixty minutes and uh, Dateline uh, Sunday night stuff on uh, the other the other networks or fodder for Sunday night football during the fall. But yeah, those that was uh, ABC. For me, the disappointing ones are uh, is is basically Trophy Wife. Not because it didn't deserve to get canceled, because of it had terrible ratings. Like the ratings, there's ratings wise, there's no reason it should have picked it up. Just disappointed in that things like also that got canceled, Mixology and Super Fun Night got the prime spot behind Modern Family. That Trophy Wife would have had the best oh, shot. It, of. it definitely would have done so much better paired with with Modern Family. It's one of those things that networks do that it always boggles my mind. Is for some reason they try. And I mean, they always try and use their hit show to launch another show, but yet all the things since Modern Family has been a hit <laughs> that they've tried to launch back behind it have been completely incompatible comedy-wise, where you would go, the majority of people that are interested in Modern Family and the reason they're watching this would have no interest in this other thing. Uh, no matter how good it's you know it was with like you know things like happy endings or uh, don't trust the bee or various things that have gone tried to be put behind uh, modern family and then on the uh, renewal side not really surprised uh, at anything uh, that got renewed if there was anything i was surprised about it was the middle i mean i know it's doing well but like six seasons it's getting up there i really wish i would have rather had either a third season of the neighbors or definitely a second season of the trophy wife even though i love the middle i would have easily given that up uh for one of the other two but i'm really happy about the goldbergs uh, at least that's coming back well i i i mean the middle the goldbergs modern family trophy wife i think would be a fantastic two-hour comedy block yes that both are all revolve around families but in each hour are very compatible with the style of uh, comedy with each other, I think. And, uh, but, you know, Trophy Wife will be uh, no more, sadly. I think that they totally should have kept Trophy Wife and put it with Modern Family. And even though, yes, I might be one of the only people who criticized television in the world who actually liked some of Super Fun Night, not all of it. Some of it was pretty completely out there. But there were a few episodes that actually amused me. But I'm not, like, going to cry that it was canceled. Out of the cancellations, the only one I was actually really upset about was Trophy Wife. Because I think it was a really good comedy that just got a really bad slot, like you said. But honestly, out of the renewals, um, I still haven't watched Nashville. So I'm glad it's doing well, but it's not one that's ever really hit my TV. But I think I thought that The Middle would have been canceled for sure, but I guess... Not so. I'm with Kyle. I think that we should have given up the middle and got Trophy Wife instead. Well, quality wise, or for things that I actually watch, I would rather have Trophy Wife than the middle. But the middle's been a really solid performer leading off the night uh, for them. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of uh, you got to stick with <laughs> you got to stick with your uh, your performer, especially you know. And then you know, something that's been around that long, uh, you know, to, to keep it going is probably. Chances are it's going to do better than <laughs> some of the other things they're going to uh, try and put in those spots. But I, I guess kind of, you know, a little bit surprised of Nashville maybe is because it really was on, uh, you know, not doing, you know, great numbers. But I think there's that whole thing revolving around how much music they sell. 
Yes, and there's all. Things. Yeah, you have to factor in all the different. You factor, money yeah, you factor in you know concerts and uh, and you know iTunes sales and all that stuff uh, into. While the ratings may be lower, they're making probably much more. Uh, you know, or making similar amounts of money than a, you know, a slightly higher rated show, uh, that's only you know pretty much getting advertising dollars. For sure. Uh, which uh, which is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I, it's pretty much why a show like Glee has continued to be on uh, for so long past its you know prime, although its prime was its first thirteen episodes. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but because of it, 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 you know, selling other things around it, uh, have been able to uh, uh, keep things going. But with that, we'll move on to CBS, which had pretty much announced everything uh, a few weeks ago. And there were, you know, a couple of things were still hanging out there, but were likely going to be gone. And they officially announced that that they've canceled Bad Teacher, uh, The Crazy Ones, Friends with Better Lives, uh, Hostages, and Intelligence, and that they've uh, renewed The Mentalist for uh, seventh and uh, final season. Uh, which not surprised, uh, not surprised at any of those cancellations. I mean, Hostages was obviously going to be canceled, uh, <laughs> even though you know they've. They ran it through the end. Uh, intelligence was pretty much going to be canceled because it never, it never garnered that solid base audience that things like a Person of Interest or Elementary or things like that have been able to uh, uh, to get. And uh, Bad Teacher was just bad, and Friends with Better <laughs> Lives was kind of the same. Although I really like the cast on both of those. See, I think Friends with Better Lives, they could move that to TBS right now, and it would do – it fits perfectly with with TBS, but yeah. who knows? Uh, the only one – I, I kind of wish that they would have been able to uh, – they would have given the crazy ones another season. I, I like that show, uh, but I'm sure the expense of it and the ratings that would make it a hit on any other network uh, were not good enough for CBS – that yeah, that's, that's always that's always the killer. Is like, you look at the ratings of the crazy ones, and yes, compared to the things that they kept, you know, the other Thursday night things, not not a great performer, but still doing twice the audience that pretty much most comedies are doing on any other network. CBS should just start like a discount network that they can run all of their shows that aren't quite good enough for CBS but still get really good ratings and then <laughs> see what happens. Like, like CBS Silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, leave our, we leave our gold programming here on CBS and, and the other things we move off to CBS Silver. Uh, yeah, the crazy ones I would have loved to see more of. The other ones I didn't. I mean, I won't. I like the cast of Friends with Better Lives, but I'm not really going to miss it. I was actually upset about the Mentalist renewal just because it means there's another season I have to watch. Because <laughs> <laughs> this season has just gotten so bad. But at least it's supposed to be like the final season. I think it's also short. So hopefully they'll just wrap things up and I can be done with it. Yeah. Well, at least giving them, you know, notice type of thing, not not one of these willy-nilly endings that they're going with this year where it's kind of could be, but they're sort of leaving things open. I don't know. This uh, is kind of weird. Although, speaking of sort of uh, the discount CBS network, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the half-owned by CBS network, uh, the CW, 
That's what the C in CW stands for. They announced uh, that they've canceled The Carrie Diaries, Starcrossed, and The Tomorrow People, and that they have renewed uh, The 100 and Beauty and the Beast and Heart of Dixie. Wow. Uh, the Beauty and the Beast <laughs> one is the really interesting one. Uh, and, and, well, the CW is also an interesting network in then, you know, what numbers make it, uh, you know, something actually a hit on that network. Uh, the other thing being is that it being co-owned by Warner Brothers and CBS is that it's kind of a 50-50 proposition, but right now most of the shows or things being picked up are Warner Brothers shows. Uh, so to to keep some sort of number of CBS produced shows, they picked up they picked up Beauty and the Beast. Um, now, you know, if Beauty and the Beast became something where like they're they're going to play off the, like the last four episodes here in the summer. If it was picked up to be like a summer show in the future, or I, I I don't know, it's sort of a weird, it's sort of a weird thing in that it got picked up, but numbers wise, uh, the Tomorrow People did better in the same time slot. So that you know, there's but does the Tomorrow People have like insane, insane fan base? Like yeah. it's small, but they are just insane about. The, well, that's uh, true. Beauty. There is a sort of a rabid fan base for Beauty and the Beast, but there is, you know, a pretty, you know, there's pretty solid fan base for around a lot of their different shows. Just not enough actually watching them. But that that's the sort of weird, you know, kind of the weird things that happen on uh, on a network like the CW because they actually with all the shows that they picked up and then all the sh shows that they renewed, they actually have like a lot of shows for a network that only airs 10 hours of programming a week. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with some of these shows. Like is heart of Dixie going to be like a shorter uh, is beauty and the beast going to be a shorter season. Uh, are some of these things going to be held off to be, you know, like summer th series I guess we'll we'll find out maybe some of it uh, at the end of the week when the CW makes their uh, uh, presentation. Uh, but I kind of disappointed in the Tomorrow People. I I I really like that show, or it was that I really like Peyton List. I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> so if she just gets cast as something else, I guess that would be good. And uh, but happy that the hundred got picked up because that was my favorite of the CW's new shows. And then it got, you know, a late, you know, a late start, even, you know, mid-season start where it's still playing now into the, it's going to play now into the summer a little bit mm -hmm. that it, you know, but it's been doing pretty well ratings wise. So, you know, totally ratings wise it got picked up, but a lot of things that get start that late don't ever garner any type of audience. So I was happy to see that it did and that it got picked up. Uh, what about you guys for Kyle? The 100's the only one on that list that I'm still watching, so uh, uh, I only watch two shows on the CW, that and Supernatural. So you're not watching the, the season-slash-series finale of Starcross tonight? I haven't even watched any of it. <laughs> and Tomorrow People, I quit after, like, five episodes. Beauty and the Beast, I quit after seeing the pilot. <laughs> Heart of Dixie, I just had way too much. I never watched it this season. Otherwise, I probably would still be watching that. And same with The Carrie Diaries. There's just way too much. I watched... The last season of both of those, but I had way too many shows. How about well, you, that's Megan? the thing is a lot of the CW shows they become like my back burner shows when I have nothing else left in my PVR to watch. 
which is unfortunate. But the 100 quickly became a favorite. Um, I actually liked the Tomorrow People, and I'm a little disappointed about that. I'm still watching Heart of Dixie when I do my catch-up marathons. Besides that, I never watched a single episode of The Carrie Diary, so there's no love lost there whatsoever. And as for, like, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast, I don't even think I made it through the pilot. So <laughs> renewed, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, that's awesome for them, but no, still not going to be yes. I saw the pilot twice. <laughs> I watched the screener, then I had to sit through it at, at Comic Con at the panel. While you're waiting for, while you're waiting for the next panel, the, which was yes. what you really wanted to be there for. Uh, well, I'm. I guess I'm the only one that's seen all forty, all uh, what forty four episodes of, or will have seen all forty four episodes when they play the last four. You were you watching Beauty and the Beast? I've seen every episode. (laughs) Did you watch all of Starcrossed? No, well, I haven't watched tonight's episode yet, but I have. (laughs) I'm I'm a it's a it's a disease. I'm a TV holic. (laughs) First step is admitting that you have a problem. (laughs) I watch things for different reasons, and certain things like like Beauty and the Beast is just because it's so bad, (laughs) like. It's like I, 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 it's like I, I must continue to watch. It's like the longest playing out of a car crash ever, you know, where you just, you, you, you must watch. But with that, we'll move on to Fox, which announced uh, the cancellations of Dads, Enlisted, Rake, and uh, Surviving Jack, uh, which, not surprised by any of them, uh, although. Uh, Dads is the highest rated of any of their new comedies this year. <laughs> Even Brooklyn Nine Nine that they kept, uh, so, but disappointed that Enlisted never got a real shot, and another one of those shows, kind of like Trophy Wife, that the network itself obviously thought there was something good about it, because they picked it up to series. Then when critics saw it, they gave it positive reviews, and then you know there seemed to be a growing you know sort of small fan base for it for when it was airing on Friday nights. But none of that, the network never took any of that stuff and went, well, maybe if we gave it a better time or better pro- or some more promotion, uh, we could actually grow this into uh, something. Instead, it just gets chopped away and you just go, why, you know, why even pick it up in the first place if <laughs> that's, this is what you're going to do with it? Uh, Surviving Jack did all right, sort of propped up after a half hour declining american idol i actually like surviving jack but you you knew that they had already lost faith in it when they dropped the order from like yeah, 13 that, to 8 so you knew it was already and then they didn't even air all of them they skipped one episode same with enlisted they skipped like four episodes but who knows maybe they'll eventually dump those well the, the enlisted thing was really annoying because the the talk was that they pulled those episodes from airing on friday because they actually were going to try and give it a better slot to see if it, you know, put it someplace else, uh, you know, on Tuesday or something at some point and see if it actually got any type of audience. And then they never did. And you're like, well, if you were going to do that, why didn't you just air out the rest of the episodes <laughs> on the Friday night? You could have got rid of them in two weeks, you know, back to back once Raising Hope was gone and... Instead, they played like some reruns of it and stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and then never aired these episodes that'll probably show up on a Friday, 
or Saturday night at some point over the summer. Uh, one of just really strange things that the networks do. The thing is, is that Enlisted actually would have had a much better chance again with another night. But I was so frustrated when they weren't showing them on Fox. I'm a little bit luckier because in Canada, it's sometimes we get episodes on different nights and things. So I got to see them. But at the same time, I was really frustrated. It just wasn't a normal night. And as far as dads goes, I admit, I actually liked the show. And I was a little disappointed that it was canceled. I mean, I like Seth Green, so that's probably why I kept watching. But overall, I was surprised that it got cut with the ratings that it had. I'm not sure if it just wasn't fitting in with their other comedies, but I thought that it would be renewed just like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, but at least that was renewed. That's all that really matters, I guess. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Sometimes with the networks, they don't seem they don't seem to have like a plan. Really, they just sort of pick things up that look good and then try and figure out how these things work together or where they're going to put them. Or And, you know, Dad's had a great cast. It's, a, you know, a Seth MacFarlane produced thing. So, uh, and, you know, decent ratings. So, you know, on the whole, kind of surprising, except for the uh, pretty much enormous critical backlash show. <laughs> and parent backlash <laughs> who, who all took credit for it being canceled, of course. Yeah. It just, uh, I don't know, just an, another uh, <laughs> another group of strange things. Uh, lastly, well, lastly, for the broadcast networks, uh, NBC announced the cancellation of Believe, uh, Community, Crisis, uh, Dracula, Growing Up Fisher, and Revolution. Not really surprised at any of those. Uh, Believe in Crisis weren't doing, you know, never did all that great to begin with and continued to fall uh, revolution limped, seriously limped on off <laughs> off into the into the hereafter. That's uh, although that's the thing that makes me worried about. Uh, well, the blacklist is getting a little. You know, it it's going to get a big. It's going to have a year behind it already without a big uh, gap. But they're going to show like eight episodes in the fall, and then it's going to have a big gap, and then it's going to come back after the Super Bowl, and then move to Thursdays. Because that always works. The big gap thing is sort of a strange thing. Uh, the difference here being is that it does have a full year behind it uh, before getting this, this sort of treatment. A lot of the things that have died early deaths, uh, which, you know, Revolution is one of them, that it got that big gap in its first season and it completely, uh, it barely got renewed for a second season. Uh, only because everything else sucked <laughs> even worse. Yeah. Also, the, the blacklist also has a bit of a procedural type of. Yeah, well, it, it's also so going to have a, a big gap, but then it's going to get a post Super Bowl slot to launch it into its new slot. So it's a, a little different than just coming back three months later uh, on a on a different night uh, or something like that, but. They did it with Revolution trying to keep it paired with the voice, and that didn't even help, you know, the in the first season. So I, I don't know, but you know, that's uh, the blacklist. That's for uh, that's for a future podcast. <laughs> no. uh, just uh, in in those, not all really that disappointed that Community got canceled, but I kind of thought that they might somehow 
be able to squeak out another 13 episode season for that, you know, for the sixth season in a movie. I mean, they made it to five. I mean, that's the only reason why I was upset. Like, you're so close. Just give it a six season so you can do the six season as a movie. Like, yeah, it's just uh, after all that sort of talk, it was kind of weird that, and with the type of numbers and things that it got picked up on before, just sort of strange. It could have been just, they could have done it just as something sitting out there for if something else died, you know, and they pulled it, they could have just put that in to fill, you know, fill the gap until the next time they were going to start something new uh, or something. But I don't know. On the good side of things, though, uh, NBC has renewed About a Boy, uh, Hannibal, uh, Law and Order, and Parenthood. And Parenthood will be back for its final season, and then they also announced officially that the next season of Parks and Recreation will be its uh, it'll be seventh and final season. Uh, but of those, NBC could have pretty much canceled almost anything, and as long as they brought are going to be bringing back Hannibal, I'd have been happy. See, I felt that way, except about about a boy, because I thought that was so good this season. Hannibal, I haven't even started watching the second season, but eventually I'll catch up. You know, during that time when there's no new TV. (laughs) Well, it's kind of in that weird spot right now where I set the DVR tonight and for four things. Oh, yeah. Tonight was great. It was a perfect night to podcast because there's nothing on. It's like I said for like four things. Granted, I'd seen two things ahead of time, but still, that still only would have been six where not long ago. Uh, it, it was taking multiple DVRs and multiple time yeah. slots to record everything uh, on on Monday night. But yeah, uh, good to see Parenthood get a final season, knowing that it's a final season. You know, it's been yeah. sort of a low rated but solid performer, uh, but been on long enough that it sort of deserves that the ability for the 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 people behind it to create you know, an ending and not just, I mean, this is the type of show that whatever type of ending you is, you get, it's still, you know, the family is going to continue to live on, but it sort of gives certain story arcs and things where you can bring certain things to a close. Uh, and then you can just sort of believe that, you know, new things are happening uh, with the Braverman family, but, you know, happy with that. And then Hannibal getting another season, uh, it would have really fried me if they picked it up last season uh, and then this season's actually been doing like the same ratings or better, but on Friday night instead of Thursday night. And then you don't pick it up <laughs> for a third season. That seems uh, that seems to, that would have been really strange, but glad to see that one. And then moving on to some other uh, some other things. Stars announced that they've renewed Da Vinci's Demons for a third season. Uh, and then uh, TBS an- announced a renewal for Cougar Town for a sixth and final season, and that they uh, are have canceled Minute Work after three seasons. Good to hear. You know, another thing, another show like Cougar Town. It's nice to know going into it that although they've done a pretty good job of creating seasons that kind of could work <laughs> as series finales, uh, basically since the inception of the show, uh, but. Uh, now, now the thing is, is like, is, is TBS going to, you know, pick up something like a suburgatory or try and, or are they just going to continue to go their own, their own route with the, with their comedies? Anything about those, Kyle? 
Uh, yeah, I I was fine with uh, with how Cougar Town ended before I watched this final season. I already had like four or five episodes of Men at Work sitting on my TiVo that I didn't plan on watching. <laughs> um, and then for Da Vinci's Demons, I'm still like a season and a half behind on that one, so uh, I need to catch up on that as well. But I, I enjoyed what I watched. I just had way too much stuff to watch again. Yeah, Da Vinci's Demons is one of the ones I've never even gotten into. It's just there's just it's just one too many things. <laughs> what about you, Megan? I'm happy that the Demons got renewed. Um, I am a few episodes behind still, but what I've seen, I really liked. As for Men at Work, I never actually watched it, so not really too sad. And again, I'm glad <laughs> that they gave Cougar Town um, a sixth season going in and actually know, knowing it's the final, I think it's important, just like with the Parenthood thing. But overall, not very many of the cancellations so far have made me like to- totally devastated, which is good. It's a good thing when you're a TV addict not to be totally devastated by the cancellation season. Yeah. Just trophy wife. <laughs> Although yeah. that one's sort of dampered by the fact that you were pretty sure that was going to happen. You know, like you're, yeah, you had warning. You, yeah, it's it's yeah. been quite some time that since they never moved it anyplace else and it just languished there Tuesday nights. That uh, you're you're pretty sure for quite some time that that was going to happen, and so you were sort of reserved to the fact. And then when it, it was announced, you're like, yeah. I would be fine if they just took Bert and Warren and threw them in like Modern Family or something. <laughs> if they got adopted? Or yeah, just I don't care what Travis like. You could kill off everyone on Trophy Wife <laughs> and make them move in with, with the Modern Family people, and I'd be fine. You need the well. The spinoff would be uh, uh, Bert, Warren, uh, Manny, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the other kid from this, Phil and Claire's? son i'm blanking on oh, his name is blank yeah. uh but uh, but like the, the but like the those four <laughs> like yeah just just uh you know four all sort of sort of set in in and around high school or something that'd be that'd be a good show agreed that'll do it for the news as i mentioned before <laughs> there's a lot of it uh and there'll be more uh, next week next week on the podcast we'll actually we'll have the actual schedule announcements and we'll take an early look at what uh, at the new shows the networks have announced and what the fall schedule potentially will be and uh with that we'll move on to the prime time segment and first up warehouse 13 season 5 episode 4 uh, savage seduction uh, otherwise known as one of my all-time favorite episodes of the show ever. <laughs> He's definitely one of the most fun episodes they've had. Yeah, ever. I, sort of, sort of in a similar vein to last season's the you know the noir episode where they got trapped in the uh, mystery novel and that they get pulled into a telenovela. But my favorite thing about this is that it highlighted the creativity of how they come up with artifacts, and I think. The uh, oh, geez, I'm totally. Why am I totally blanking on uh, the Harvey Corman? Uh, the Harvey Corman cufflinks might be my favorite uh, artifact that they've ever done. In that, because he, he was so bad at staying in character on the Carol Burnett show, 
that if they held on to a cufflink, they would be able to not completely be sucked into the TV show, uh, which the other people that had been sucked in had, had completely forgotten that they were they just assumed the character. And uh, I that that was that right there just cinched it for me. That was one of my favorite things. It's like it sort of revolves around TV and uh, and one of my favorite you know shows for a while now. And so yeah, just everything about uh, watching you know Eddie McClintock play the you know the the sort of the Lothario of the <laughs> the telenovela. He's he's basically <laughs> sleeping with everybody and. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. Well, that was, well, that was one thing I also liked is they used like the telenovela to try to also explore this whole, um, Micah and I can't even think of his name. Pete. Pete, Pete and Micah and try to get them to almost kiss until of course they find out that they're uh, (laughs) brother and sister in the soap twist. Um, and then, uh, but I liked how they used that to try to explore that, which you've been hoping for, like the whole the whole show, like hoping that happens, and uh, they get to explore some of that. Uh, I also thought, like the the B story was also really amusing with uh, Claudia and Jinx and him getting split into his two like <laughs> uber gay and and uber tough guy uh, and. Like just the fun that Claudia had with the gay jinx was <laughs> so much fun. Like she just loved him and just wanted to keep him. I thought it was interesting that they actually had him play both parts instead of trying to get his brother on and uh, and do like the whole twin thing <laughs> with that. But yeah, I, I just really enjoyed this episode. How about you, Megan? Um, I haven't. This is the one on the list I haven't actually oh, this watched. This is the one you haven't watched. Um, yeah, I don't get most of Warehouse 13 in Canada at the same time you guys get it. We'll get it later. Yeah, that's... One of the few shows we yeah, get it in you. Yeah, that's the, the weird... The, the weird thing of certain shows where... Where we get some shows at the... You know, like a, right now, Continuum, we're getting them sort of similar at the same time frame. <laughs> Not exactly yeah. the same. Exactly, but they'll be... You know, they're... It's the same season that's running right now in both places. Uh, but then you get other things like Lost Girl or uh, stuff that play at completely different times uh, sometimes. And uh, so, yeah, uh, something to look forward to then is uh, is this episode. Well, I, want, I, want to see, I want to see the episode now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much fun with the – especially since they it, they've had a lot of fun with once they got into the show, they kept switching off the cufflinks because they only had one pair. Uh, so only two people could be holding one, holding one at a time, and uh, based on what they needed a character in the show to do or find out something, they would give up. A, but then they wouldn't, you know. Then as soon as they gave up one, the other person would snap out of it, uh, and tr- and have to figure out like where they were now, and uh, the, while the other one completely slips into uh, the other character. Uh, I like that they uh, they used it a, a way to bring back a, a character that was on the show for a little bit, and that it was her grandmother that got or mother or grandmother that got sucked into the show, uh, and that the grandmother became like the matriarch of this this weird uh, you know soap opera family. The one thing I really liked is like it must have been so difficult to keep track 
of which character you're supposed to be, yeah. like for them. And then everything's in Spanish too. So I mean, this must have been a really tough episode to do. And then, but I liked like as soon as the person would switch out, like they'd call the person by their character name instead of by like their real name. So like you knew that all of a sudden, the, besides the whole uh, wind blowing and Ole, and the, every time they switched into their into their character, but also like just like. It was like tough to keep track as a viewer. I can't imagine <laughs> as someone in the whole thing of, of how they had to have mapped that out. Yes, uh, that, <laughs> that now you're speaking Spanish, and then you know next you're going to be you're going to be your character, but now you have to pretend to be this other character in the show to try and find out some piece of information. Yeah, it was it was just really good. I ever since I heard <laughs> that this. This was an episode that they were doing way back when they filmed it last summer. I I was like looking forward to it because it sounded, you know, while similar to some of the things they've done before, just sort of a a completely like we know this is our final season. We're just going to go all out with, with some of the ideas that we have. And uh, they definitely did with this one. All right. With that, that'll be that's that's enough of Warehouse 13. If you haven't seen that episode... You know, or if you haven't watched Warehouse 13, it's, it's worth going back and watching. And next up, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Three for three on the podcast. <laughs> I, I like how it's a very slow every time before you say it. Season one, episode 21, uh, Ragtag. And I'll start with you, Megan. What do you think of the penultimate episode of season one? Well, I'm still, I guess... Bitter from a few episodes ago when Ward became evil. I don't, I don't think I'm ever really going to get over that. It's the best thing that's happened in this show. I, know. I, I, I have no problems with it. Well, I guess maybe I'm a girl and I like Ward. And I feel bad for Fitz because he's all like the, the broken puppy dog. He's like, but no, he can't be bad. And so this whole episode I spent, you know, feeling bad for Fitz and everybody else is all Ward is evil. But besides that, in my personal issues with Ward being evil, um, I thought the episode itself was really good. And I wasn't really surprised that Garrett was, you know, all not normal, whatever. That I kind of kind I kind of saw that coming because he's awfully selfish to begin with. So the fact that this whole thing is really just to save him didn't really surprise me. I thought that the the whole situation with Ward and finding out what happened to him when he was younger made it a little bit made it make more sense I guess why he's slightly a sociopath now but besides that I'm a little curious as to the whole skies thing still and I wish they would just tell us what the big deal is already but at the end of it I like the whole season I like the show it's one of the few shows I watch like regularly with my family so I'm happy that we got another season. I just don't really want word to be bad. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever. Yeah. Again, I don't think I'll get over it. Nope. I don't know. What did you guys think of the episode? I think the thing that was interesting about this episode and that the Ward backstory uh, is that it showed why with what they had to keep, you know, what they were doing uh, until after Captain America, it, it showed why the, any sort of ward centric episode in the beginning of the season, why those sucked so badly is <laughs> because they didn't want to, 
is they didn't take the time to like, because I remember in the beginning of the season as they started to give more backstory episodes where, you know, uh, the the backstory in the episode was sort of focused on a particular character and that they had one, you know, for Ward. And at the end of it, I was like, wait, there wasn't like, that's it. After <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. And so now you look back and you can see why they, you know, they didn't take the time to like try and tell you a fake backstory or something. They just barely told you anything uh, because they had, <laughs> they were saving it all for later. Uh, it is definitely an interesting thing for one of your major characters to get his, you know, fully formed backstory episode and the, you know, almost last episode of the season. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, uh, you mentioned Fitz. Uh, Fitz is becoming my favorite character is because he is sort of the broken puppy at times, but he's also the guy that's just like screw you and hits the <laughs> and hits the button on the uh, the thing once he now that he knows that you know he's part electrical. Uh, he, he's also the guy that just will just totally stand up in in situations where he was just like totally like the frightened, scared puppy a few minutes ago. He's he's definitely becoming my, my favorite character. Now, do you think that they're going to try to make... Um, oh, my mind just went blank again. The guy who turned bad. Ward? <laughs> Ward. <laughs> uh, do you think they're going to try to redeem him? I mean, he just... He killed a bunch of people, but they make it like... They make it look like, oh, he didn't really kill the dog. And, oh, he really likes uh, Fitz and Simmons. And he, like... I don't know if he was, like, trying to sit... Like, instead of killing them, he launched that safety boat. He launched that thing into the river. I don't think he expected them to, to drown in it. But, like, it almost seems like they're trying to redeem him. But, I mean, he, he killed people. Like, I don't see how you can yeah, make know, him that's, that's... suddenly come back and join the team. Like, I don't think he can be part of the team again, which is probably why... In the beginning, I was like, oh, he's bad, but, you know, he's going to have that redeeming moment. And he's be great. But then he went and killed that guy. And Sky will never forgive him. And yes, okay, so I might be one of those crazy people who like certain couples together. But I was a little disappointed because I felt bad for her in that moment because she finally trusted him. But that's the problem. He's broke everybody's trust. And with something like the team with Coulson and the Shield and stuff, you can't have people on your team you don't trust. So they couldn't bring him back and make it believable. It would ruin the entire show as much as I like him. And as much as I want to go back in time and fix everything, you can't do it. It wouldn't work. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's like it's gone a few bodies too far uh, t- exactly. type of thing. Uh, it, when he's you know when he killed the guy at the secret base, and we ended up with the the short lived Patton Oswalt stretch of episodes. Oh, uh, I was so sad to lose him. Yeah. <laughs> he was so great, and you know just you know shooting. The people when they broke into the the fridge, uh, the people that on the plane when he, they were taking Garrett to the fridge, uh, th- there's all these people now that that's it's, that's like too much to overcome. You did it was interesting for him to do uh, the yeah that's my you know I do have a my one weakness is I do get attached to things or people you know like the dog. Or in this case, you know, Fitz and Simmons. And and so, yeah, he dumped them out. But you also knew that they were flying low. 
and that they were flying low over water. So, like, he was getting rid of them off the plane, but was he really... Granted, they're not in the best <laughs> best of spots. Yeah, it's I mean, that... we know they have that quarter transmitter, but yeah, that... he doesn't necessarily know they have yeah. that. But... We know that they're probably going to get found rather quickly because... Fitz decided to take the yeah to take the uh, the locator uh, beacon that uh, when they were splitting stuff out. Uh, but that uh, speaking of those things is how great was the old spy stuff from you know the howling commandos. See, <laughs> I'm, I'm full of stuff that was so. I'm wondering, is that gonna like I don't know where that that other Agent Carter show that's supposed to take place before this, right? I'm wondering if we're gonna see Trip's grandfather and all this spy tech. In yeah, that well, show. The this development like of some short... of those things. Well, yeah, Agent Carter is going to take place after, uh, pretty much directly after the first Captain America movie, and leading up to the creation of Shield. And my assumption is that at some point, if Agent if Agent Carter goes long enough, you will see the creation of the secret base that they found in the second Captain America movie. Yeah, and so the. They have a lot to play with in sort of that back, just giving backstory to. Uh, granted, the the one thing you do know is uh, Agent Carter's never going to die because she's still alive <laughs> in the in Captain America. So, uh, spoiler alert: Agent Carter's not going to die. Uh, in, well, in also, series. you're going to name your show after Agent character. Carter, you're, and you're not, not going to kill. You're never going to care. Just like Arrow yeah. is never going to die because you can't have Arrow without the Arrow. But yeah, just I, I I'm I actually am looking forward to how much that fun they could have with that type of stuff and creating that the beginnings of some of that spy tech and uh, yeah they could hook it into other people that uh, they've introduced now into you know their parents grandparents uh, you know way back then uh, for something like that uh, but I just really enjoyed them using. Like I I I loved uh, May's look out Hydra here we come <laughs> <laughs> when basically they just had this suitcase full of like ancient spy tech uh, that that Fitz had just accidentally lasered a fire. <laughs> you know, That's one thing. How does he accidentally curtain. just laser a fire and then they use it to chop out a whole wall? Like that was a little questionable but speaking of that like i thought that was some of the funniest stuff they've ever done was may and colson pretending to be Mitz and simmons and they have <laughs> like they're even bickering like them and like then the whole thing about hey get ready for a large file transfer <laughs> and you see the whole file cabinet yeah, like, fall out of the window like yeah. that whole that how, whole sequence yeah. how big and it just goes <laughs> boom <laughs> uh, i i i did like that though as sort of uh the the hacking countermeasure is that we don't keep, we don't actually we're a tech firm that doesn't keep anything on on computer we keep a lot of our records all in all on paper that that was that was actually a sort of an interesting twist on uh, on that uh, but yeah the the large file transfer the all the different things they had a lot of they've been doing that more within all the stuff that they're doing the the humors there just they've totally raised the stakes though leading up at, you know, the last handful of episodes of the season, uh, which we'll see what they do tomorrow night as we're recording this. But, uh, in the, 
in the season finale, but it definitely makes me interested in a second season. And yeah. from where they're at now, a second season has so much better of a base of st- things now to build off of. You know, really looking forward to that. All right. Next up, uh, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, show we don't talk about very often here on the podcast. Uh, but it just had its season finale, episode 22, Dead in His Tracks, uh, that played last uh, last Wednesday. But the main reason I put it on was because of uh, uh, season 13, episode 21, Kitty, which was the backdoor pilot for CSI Cyber, which is yeah. <laughs> weird. I'm just guessing a, it's going to get a different name by the time it it's airs. It's a weird name. I don't know. Uh, but anyways... Sort of put it on the list because uh, that was the backdoor pilot, and then they announced that it was picked up, so it seemed like something actually interesting to talk about. What did you think, uh, Kyle, of of that of that of the backdoor pilot episode? I thought oh, I I'll start off by saying I really enjoyed Mentalist <laughs> with uh, why can't I think of, I, I'm so bad with names tonight with um, Patricia Arquette. And I, I like I really was happy to see her on this, but this was some of the worst writing I've ever seen. Like it was just so awful. And I'm shocked it actually Like it, they was, brought the CSI Miami team of writers in to write this. <laughs> it was like like it plus it, the whole thing seemed like it was written by women for women. It was all about women power. Like this cop this this female cop could tell when men were lying and the whole thing was like she was gonna make men pay for what they did to these women. Like and it wasn't just like the one central thing. This was a recurring theme throughout the episode. Like there was one guy who she needed a ride from from DC to where this crime happened. She like went up to this guy and could tell he was lying about being uh like unfaithful <laughs> to his wife. She profiled and, like, him and then Yes, and that's how she got her ride. And like, and then just all like the techno stuff was just so cheesy. It's like we're in the ninety six percent of the deep web, and we got to. They call their criminals nodes. And like, I don't see how this becomes like a weekly show, but I, it was picked up. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you think, Megan? Well, the thing is, is that CSI itself as a whole franchise has been cheesy from the beginning. Whether it's, you know, Horatio and his one-liners or any of those, even the original, there's always been some sort of cheese factor to it. So the fact that this new one seems a little bit cheesy and borderline retarded, I (laughs) am not surprised, really. I really like Patricia Arquette, though, so I was like, maybe I'll watch it because I like her. But by the end of the episode, I was like... Well, it just looks basically like they gave the mentalist a sex change and put him into computers instead of like what he's doing on his show. So I don't know. I just, I wasn't overly impressed. And for a season finale for the second episode, really not impressed either. I just, I can't believe it's still going on. But then again, that said, there's a really strong fan base for CSI. And granted, most of them are, elderly people who sit and watch it. I know four of my elderly relatives that do. So I'm concerned that the CSI cyber is not going to do well because most of them don't even really, my relatives don't use the computer. 
So I think that it's going to get boring for them. I just think that if they want the cyber one to work, they're going to have to make it a little bit more believable and not so like woman power, man hating. I run the internet, you know? See, I actually thought it was written for people that don't know anything about the internet. I think this would have worked like in the late nineties or uh, in the early late nineties. Cause it, it like the way they treat it. It's like, so like cryptic, like people know way more about the internet. Like now she's like, Oh, the 96% is the deep web. Like they, they try to gloss over this stuff and make it like, like all techno babble when they could use real stuff, but it, it like just the whole stuff, they, they make it sound like this magical, like deep, dark place where villains hang out in the web and like like it seemed like that's the audience it was geared towards and as for the season well, yeah, finale for most of my elderly people most of them don't even most of my relatives don't even know how to like email so I don't even think they would have understood a word that was going on even if it was dumbed down for people who don't know the internet but go ahead now that my computer decided to come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it it definitely wasn't written very well. It it didn't come off that great. Uh, it it came off pretty poorly, much like the NCIS Red did last season, where it there were just things that seemed too strange uh, about it. Uh, yeah, a lot of the computer stuff, you know, the one of the things that they've always done that's sort of interesting on CSI is. When they're talking about various things, they give you animations for what the internals of the body look like or, you know, the things that they're looking at. It seemed like they're going to do that type of stuff here for looking at, you know, the web and things going on on the Internet and computers. And but that it, it makes it seem like the animation, uh, the things that they could find out or potentially see with this uh uh, you know, cyber kitty character that was you know based off of a real person and sometimes seemed like a real person and sometimes was a fake person. You know, was a, just a bot. Uh, the the way they the way they animated that or showed that, I was like, I don't think you could do that. You know, like how it explodes into pixels and yeah, <laughs> oh like, look, it's not a person. Yeah, the the way they the way they animate that stuff, you're like that doesn't happen uh that's just got a blue screen (laughs) (laughs) uh that those type of things made it seem extra weird uh also the idea anytime that you have you know a good portion of your show is going to be hacking or chasing a hacker or you know chasing somebody online uh that you know that sort of works in a s- small little bits for like criminal minds where they bring on you know the computer specials here and there but your whole show is going to revolve around that and creating interest and intrigue and and stuff when you're having to show things on a computer or uh, and and make that uh you know compelling just seems extra difficult uh thing to do and yeah it it definitely – there was nothing about watching that episode that went, oh, yeah, I want to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, where that ends up getting put. And uh, But, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. That was just <laughs> – I just wanted to say for the finale, uh, 
I thought it was like a horrible send off for this br- detective brass character that had been on the show for 14 years and then suddenly they kicked him off. And uh, the one thing I, I did you watch the um, the finale or you only watched the? No, Kitty I episode? just I haven't watched any anything all season. I just tuned in to watch the the backdoor pilot episode. Because the the one thing that's like what, what took place in the in the finale was they had Treat Williams on there, and he was like this 1980s CSI guy who invented all these things. It reminded me a lot of the Marvel thing where like just these <laughs> low budget like things that worked amazingly well. Like I would watch a spinoff of Treat Williams 1980s CSI. CSI like, 1980s. <laughs> yes, I would watch that. That that actually interested me. But this this other spinoff was just horrible. But that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not uh, an- just another uh, time frame I can uh, don't have to look, don't have to uh, worry about it come fall <laughs> or whatever. <Three> <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Grim season uh, three, episode twenty-one, "The Inheritance." Kind of an interesting episode of things they've been bringing together here with. Uh, you hear you have like uh, the new Grim that didn't know she was a Grim, and the old Grim that is dying, and you know more about the keys, and then the whole you know Adeline being pissed off about losing her baby. <laughs> She's like switched back to being evil again, all leading up to I think uh, Rosalie's bad feeling <laughs> about what's gonna, what, what's going to happen at the wedding is. Probably something they should have uh, uh, really uh, looked into more. Uh, but <laughs> what do you think, Megan? I mean, I always like Grimm, even if it's not like the best episode ever. But this episode was actually pretty good. Um, I was interested to see the old Grimm. And I like how the new Grimm, well, I guess Troubles, what we're calling her, that she's starting to you know, talk a bit more about stuff. I thought the scene with her, like, devouring the food at the table, it was it was amusing, but it was almost a little bit overkill. Like, they do that a lot of times with shows where they bring in a character that had been, like, a street kid or something like that because they're always going to eat, like, you know, triple plates of spaghetti. So I was kind of like, okay, that seems kind of typical. But as for, like, Rosa, Rose getting all, like, <clears throat> freaked out about the wedding... You have Grimm's, a bunch of Vessens, and everybody's going to be under one big tent for a happy marriage. It's not going to happen anyways. And then add the fact that Adeline's going crazy again looking for her baby. It's going to be a disaster is what's going to happen. So they should really listen to her because I think that it's not just cold feet. And everything's going to hit the fan when they get to the wedding. So I'm really actually quite interested to see how that goes because... That's going to be a really good episode. How about you, Kyle? I like how they've been expanding this out with more. We get to see more and more of these Grimms. I wish the other guy hadn't died because I would have liked to see more episodes with him in it and see what else he had to he had to say. Um, but I've been I've definitely been enjoying the addition of Trouble. I think she adds like a new, almost like a Whedon esque type of character to the show that they can bring on, and she's like the Slayer, like actually more like a. Um, What's her name? Uh, Faith than uh, Buffy, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Like what they do with her, and yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> they, they've been building up to this wedding. We'll see what, what all is going to happen 
at the wedding. Um, especially now that Adeline made herself look like Julia. Like, what's she planning on doing? Now, does she not know that the truth about what happened to her baby? Does she still think that... Yeah, she uh, doesn't know. She thinks that the that, w- that the baby was taken back uh, by the royals and uh, that that they, you know, Prince whatever uh, has has her baby. But she also thinks that, you know, something else may be <laughs> uh, going on. And uh, I guess she figures if she can, you know, look like somebody else that she can talk to Nick and maybe find something else out uh, about what's going on. Uh, but it's all going to lead to uh, not necessarily trouble the character, but trouble in general <laughs> for, <laughs> I think, a lot of different people. Uh, and they're likely to leave us in, <laughs> in one of those sort, sorry sort of spot <laughs> for until next fall. We'll get an apology and say coming soon <laughs> to be continued. But yeah, I I, I like this episode. They. Uh, I like the end of the with the one guy that was like, "So this is all real, or you guys are all crazy too?" <laughs> you know, type of thing. And they're all. Uh. What's well, another dynamic that we haven't seen with like one relative knowing everything and the other one like not believing? Like J- Julia was, she was just like in the. She was just blind to it all. She didn't know any of it, and then she was brought up to speed pretty quickly. This other guy heard the stuff but didn't believe any of it. So it's just another... Yeah, especially, like, it was sort of all coming out of no place. He thought his dying father was just yeah. going crazy uh, with his his request to uh, find this you know, police officer in Portland. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see, you know, them get, a you know, another key. How many more before they... <laughs> They have all the keys, or, or you know what they're what they're going to do with that sort of overall storyline, but definitely a, a sort of a little bit slower episode because there wasn't. I mean, there was kind of a case, but they it was a case in where everything sort of blended together uh, into. It turned out everybody that was looking for everybody was involved in <laughs> you know, all in the same thing, just didn't know it. So so that is a little bit slower on the overall episode, but definitely there to put things in motion leading into, you know, this week's finale, which, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Been a solid show. Good, you know, good Friday night entertainment. So, again, another show. I'll be watching the season finale, and I'm sure we'll, with whatever we get, I'll be uh, anticipating the return in the fall. And uh, lastly, uh, Game of Thrones, Season 4, Episode 6, uh, The Laws of Gods and Men. Anything happen on this episode? <laughs> Any developments? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> Anything happen? Yeah. So uh, I really liked getting sort of the the a look at the Iron Bank and like how that sort of works uh, after it's been you know mentioned here a little bit more here recently. The the whole thing with the uh, you know Danny starting to rule, and uh, <laughs> she had the line of two hundred twenty something uh, supplicants waiting to speak with her. Does she, does she really want that Iron Throne? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, 
some some of those little things were good. Uh, it it sort of uh, compacted this week where there were a lot of things. You know, we we hit back on the Theon Greyjoy and his you know sister trying to rescue him, Stannis and Davos uh, trying to uh, get money to continue to build their army back up. Uh, but then it it was kind of strange to me in that it really did all these other things and you thought the episode was going to be more about Tyrion's trial and it wasn't until like halfway through before that really started. <laughs> well, see, I didn't watch any, I didn't watch any, pre, I never watched previews, so I had no idea it was going to be about Tyrion's trial in this episode, but... Like, like this was the first episode, I guess, ever of the show without a single Stark kid on it. Because, um, like, those are the stories I, I'm interested in. Like, as soon as I saw, like, the stuff with Stannis and Davos, you know, like, oh, no, is it going to be all about them? But fortunately, it got through all that stuff. And that trial, like, this is the type of show, as much as I love Tyrion and I think, oh, no, he'll be fine. Then you remember, no, this is Game of Thrones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything could happen. It doesn't matter. Like, he makes it, even if he makes his deal with his dad uh, to say, ask me for mercy, there's no guarantees. <laughs> Not in this world. Like, anything could happen. And then, like, when he pulls the twist there and says, first, you think he's going to confess and then he goes off on his his tangent about oh I confess of being guilty of being a dwarf and then he calls for his trial by combat which the last time he did the trial by combat didn't he have someone fight for him and so is he going to be able to find someone to fight for him this time or is he going to have to fight himself yeah I, yeah I don't that? know but it definitely it definitely played into he didn't know exactly what the deal was that his brother had made but he knows from his perspective, like if he dies and his brother uh, is, you know, with the King's Guard, and that there will be no m more male descendants, uh, and so that made for uh, that made for some, in you know, an interesting way to end uh, the episode. But he was. I also like Tyrion's line about, you know. That's what Ned Stark did, but he lost his head before he was able to uh, leave town. So there was there was just a lot of there was just a lot of stuff that uh, uh, that that went on. What do you think, Megan? I really liked this episode. Um, I was a little bit honestly bored in the beginning. I'm never as interested in some of the stuff as I should be, but the Tyrion trial, like he actually made me feel like he's one of my favorite characters. I actually felt bad for him when Shay got up to um, testify, and he looked all like, "Please, like, he's like Shay, please don't," and he's all emotional. Honestly, Tyrion had me there, and then when he goes off in his rant because, you know, he hates nothing more than people being, you know, lying and stupidity and everything. He just got angry. He let his mouth get away from him. Now he has to go trial by combat. And like Kyle said, I'm not sure. Is he going to fight himself? or? And if he doesn't, who's going to fight for him? Like, he's, if there's not really a whole lot of people standing up at the moment, be like, yes, let me do that for you. So I don't really know how that's going to go. And I felt really bad for, um, I forget her name, but when she went to go rescue her brother and he bit her and he... The poor torture has made him completely not himself. And now, you know, that's a whole 
creepy thing for her. She looked mortified, but now she said that her brother's dead, and that was really sad. But overall, it was it was a super good episode as usual, but just a little bit slow in the beginning for me. Yeah, and if there was all my hate for Joffrey now gets turned towards Cersei, like because you know she she set up this whole thing with uh, with his. Uh, with uh, Shay and everything else to get people against Tyrion. Yeah, and, and it's all based on, it's all based on her belief, or or her hatred for him in general, and then you know the the grief of the loss of her son, uh, that she's just turned everything, and had everything found that could possibly point to him being, uh, you know, having done it, and yeah, just definitely. Definitely evil, you know, personified there with the, the with her reactions to things and uh, you know her testimony, <laughs> which uh, and then you know everybody else's testimony. Where it's like it's it's like half true if you leave out some details. You know, like Tyrion says, like uh, yeah, if you leave out the detail that you know he was basically torturing Sansa uh, when yeah. all this took place. <laughs> Then yeah, that that happened, or you know all these, you know all these different things uh, happening, you know, uh, and and his where he finally just couldn't have couldn't take it anymore, and he was like, I had the plan that saved you know that held the city long enough for his father's armies to return, and you know and held back, uh, and otherwise they all would have been you know. You know, many more would have died, and the you know the throne would have been overtaken, and uh, he's just like, and now you guys are just uh, uh, you know basically throwing me under the bus for for something I didn't do, and he's always been that sort of person where he just doesn't really stand for like stupidity or for you know things uh, that you know even in this type of situation, knowing that there was the possibility that you know. He might not die, uh, you know, that he could maybe get mercy and be sent to the wall, uh, which, as we know, what's going on there. He might not live long anyways if he would end up there. But but still, knowing all of that, it really was like Shay having been forced. And, you know, he was really not just hurt that she was testifying against him, but that she was saying that she was his whore. And, you know, that their, you know, their relationship was much more, you know, uh, was, wasn't that type of relationship. So I think that even almost hurt him more than just that they had found her and, uh, were forcing her to, uh, to testify that he just couldn't, he just couldn't take all this stupidity any longer and came up with his one last sort of plan, uh, that if he, uh, you know, that there'd been this deal uh, it was it was interesting to see that deal take place between uh between Tywin and uh Jamie. Yeah, and Jamie uh and that he like took him up on the offer like instantaneously. It was like, like he had it planned. Like, like... <laughs> like he'd been waiting for this to take yeah. he'd been waiting for this to, to happen. Uh Tywin's one to take any situation and and plan it for his advantage. Uh, and so he like, and, and the look on Jamie's face when he like sort of realized that he had walked like, like, <laughs> he, like walked right into exactly what his father wanted. Uh, 
uh, that he could end up saving one son, but getting the son that he always wanted, you know, as the heir. That was a whole interesting storyline too, but ending it with the trial by battle, where if he were to die and Jamie stays, you know, in the King's guard, then, you know, his last male heir. And, you know, and if that happened, the likelihood that Jamie would like give up uh, what he has to, to do what his father ultimately wants would uh, probably not happen. So it's like his last little, like, <laughs> screw you, dad, <laughs> yeah. sort of move. I, yeah, see, I was surprised he stood up for for Tyrion in the first place, but it might have just been a way for him to get back at his father. But, like, I'm not sure why he put himself out there initially just to – because it never seemed like those two ever really got along. And all of a sudden, he's he's the only one that seems to be fighting, and he killed his son – or supposedly killed his son, but I think Jamie's smart enough to know that that didn't really happen. Yeah, when they had that conversation, I, that that's one of my favorite Tyrion lines of all time was the, I would like to think that if I planned the king's murder, I wouldn't be standing there holding the cup, you know, with my mouth agape, uh, you know, gawking at the situation, uh, that I that I'm smarter than that. I also liked during this episode of them showing, uh, was it Marjorie? Uh, and because she now knows what really happened and seeing like where things are going, uh, that, you know, somebody is taking the fall for something that her family did. And, you know, she knows that she's like the only person there that like 100% knows that Tyrion didn't do it. So that that was another uh just the way they they filmed those sequences and the way things were happening and who they would show, I I just <laughs> definitely left you in a spot where you're like, okay, what's this? Uh, what's this trial? You know, trial by battle going to be? Now, do you think Jamie would fight on his behalf, or with only one hand, he may not be useful? But he had been training. He had been I training. Yeah, I don't know sword. how. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to how that's all going to work out or or what potential other uh plan maybe Tyrion has definitely just another big development in the season where each episode leaves you <laughs> with something where you want to see the next one and this was this was no different all right i think that'll do it for prime time this week and we'll move on to the tv recommendations uh first up uh, is is my recommendation, which is Fox's new series, uh, Gang Related, which premieres on Thursday, May 22nd. It's, <laughs> I find it very interesting that uh, that Fox announced this show last year, <laughs> their upfront presentation uh, as a potential mid-season show that is now going to be a summer series, but yet not in a way that you feel like they're just burning it off. In what Fox is trying to do with their moving to a more year-round schedule of just picking things up when they find a good thing and playing them at different you know times of the year and trying to build up more original programming uh, of a scripted variety over the summers uh, to, to go along with, you know, starting things in January and starting things in the fall. Uh, they, you know, they just started 24. Uh, now they're adding in gang related. So they've got a, you know, a couple of, of things going for, you know, starting here as, late spring, you know, heading into early summer. And I, I really like gang related. 
in some respects, there's a little bit of a it's, – it's not totally a procedural. It's, it's definitely set up as there's one major gang family and then uh, there's the gang task – this gang task force that has some uh, people from the LAPD and uh, you know FBI and, and DEA working together. But the interesting twist is that one of the police officers is is undercover for the gang. So it's a completely different twist on sort of the undercover genre where normally you have somebody, the tension is all built of, is this guy that's a cop going to get found out by the gang? And in this case, it's, is this guy that's uh, a cop, but grew up in the gang, you know, under the protection of the gang and was taken under, uh, you know, after he lost his parents was sort of taken under the wing of the leader uh, of this gang, uh, of putting them into getting them into the police station where they've worked their way up to now be able to provide information back. And the tension is, is he going to get found out by the cops that he's doing these things, but also in that he's starting to question things, even though what the family had done for him, uh, he's trying to like ride the line between being a cop and, you know, and then also, I don't know. I just really liked it. I've seen the first four. Uh, it continues to uh, go in some interesting dir- directions. The cast is pretty good, you know, with like Terry O'Quinn as the head of the gang task force unit uh, and a few other, uh, you know, recognizable faces that you've uh, seen in other things. But, you know, for summer, you know, for an action oriented summer programming, I'd say definitely uh, give it a shot. So, what's uh, your recommendation, Kyle? Uh, for my recommendation, I had a pair of timely uh, movies. Uh, the first is the TV set, uh, which is all about pilot season, when all of the networks, all well, except for Fox, uh, goes and fi- picks up all their shows and finds their pilots and makes their pilots. Um, this movie is like a parody of, somewhat realistic parody of the of the insane process that goes on and it follows this one guy who creates his pilot and sells it. But ultimately like the show by the end doesn't even resemble what he originally uh, created. Uh, It stars David Duchovny and uh, the nerdy guy from dollhouse. I forget what the actor's name is. Uh, uh, And then the other one is an old, uh, the movie channel movie from 1984 called the ratings game. Uh, It has Danny DeVito in it. And he's like this trucking mogul who uh, decides again to show business and creates all these horrible TV shows. But he finds a way to game the Nielsen system by like breaking into people's houses or sending them on a cruise (laughs) so he can go and tune their Nielsen boxes to his shows and uh, ends up like getting super high ratings and all his shows, these horrible shows, one's like the Dom Patrol, it's about these garbage collectors, and other one's about some prostitutes. And like just the shows are just so horrible. He even stars in them himself for some of the shows. And it's just a really fun movie. Um it's available on DVD. I'm not I, I guess it's might be bootleg, but it might be a real release, but it's called The Mogul on DVD. Um but it's just a really entertaining movie. Uh definitely worth a watch and both timely with all the upfronts happening uh, at this time of year. Yeah, I've never seen the ratings game, but the TV set is really good. I actually can see the DVD sitting <laughs> across the way, uh, my copy right now. Yeah, if you like a thing, you know something like episodes, 
uh, you know, where it basically is, is spoofing the entertainment industry and the, you know, the creation of TV shows. Uh, it's, it's a good watch. Lots of fun with a, a really, uh, a really good cast of lots of, <laughs> uh, lots of people in that, that show that pop up all over the place or on the TV set in the movie. Uh, that's uh, definitely, I'd agree. That's definitely one worth checking out. And uh, how about you, Megan? I'm going to go with Rookie Blue Season 5. Now, for you guys, it premieres on June 19th, I believe. Um, for us, it premieres next week. So that's why it was at the forefront of my mind. Um, it's on Global in Canada for any Canadians that are actually listening. Um, we left off last season with Sam getting shot, and Andy was dating Nick at the time. But then she confessed her love again for Sam when they were in the ambulance. And, you know... Stop, you're making a, a tear come awesome. down my eye. <laughs> Start to cry. Yes, it's making, it's making tears come down my eye because they're going back to the Sam and Andy relationship. And I can't stand it. I know. <laughs> I was just going to say much to Kyle's dislike. It seems like they're going back to the Sam and Andy. And see, I used to be so like, I love Sam and Andy. Great idea. But I actually don't anymore. I think that Andy should stay away from Sam. And I think that Andy and Nick should make it work. But regardless, it's still one of my favorite summer shows. And I'm excited that I get it a month earlier than you guys because I've been counting down. Um, but yeah, I just I hope that they don't mess up the entire season making Andy go back and forth between the guys like they did in the first season. Because last season when she didn't focus as much on Sam, the storylines themselves got better. So I'm just hoping that they stick to that more this season. Definitely. Well, I'll probably, I'll probably watch the premiere episode to keep my streak alive of watching <laughs> the, the season premiere and then never watching again uh, of Ricky Blue. But uh, that's our, uh, that's our recommendations for things uh, coming up or things that have uh, been out for a while. As with uh, Kyle's recommendations. Only 1984. That's yeah. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> yeah, the, the TV set's a little more recent. It's uh, in the 2000s. So, But yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, as always, you can find uh, links to our recommendations and to the news stories that we talked about. Although that may be some wicked list of <laughs> news stories because uh, the way they announce things is like, one thing comes out and gets announced as being picked up or canceled. And then another story has two or three things. And then there's never like one giant thing where there's one story covering like all of ABC stuff or all of CBS stuff. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be an interesting list. Also, you'll be able to find uh, Kyle and Megan online. Uh, you can find all of that in the show notes at tvtimes times com slash two, two, six. Uh, as always, we'd like to hear from you. You can drop us a note uh, in the comments uh, on on the show notes, or you can uh, send us an email via feedback at tvtimes3.com. Let us know uh, what you think about the shows that we talked about. Uh, did you enjoy Warehouse 13 as much as I did? Do you think that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in a good spot going into the end of the season? I'd really like to hear your thoughts on CSI Cyber if you actually watched the Backdoor Pilot episode. If you're a CSI fan, uh, what you think of that potential, uh, well, 
now no longer potential, that actual spinoff. And what do you think of CSI 1980? Yeah, <laughs> what do you think of Kyle's <laughs> idea of, of spinning th- something back <laughs> uh, to a, an earlier time? That would actually be interesting of what the to see the differences between uh, now and and you know just a few years ago. Although they did have. Uh, there was copper there for a couple seasons, and that was like what was it? that was like CSI like 1880, 1880. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that that'll work. And uh, you know any of the other shows we talked about, and also would uh, like to uh, thank uh, Selena Coronado for leaving a comment last week uh, about uh, bad teacher. Sorry, <laughs> as you like that show, but it's no longer. And her comment about bad teacher and Penny Dreadful and. Uh, Next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, this week's upfront presentations that the networks are making, and we'll take a look at what the fall 2014 schedule will look like and give a few early opinions on based off, based off of the trailers. So far, it's, it's a 50-50 proposition for me so far. And see, a trailer is pulling, like, all the good stuff and is completely and totally geared to making you uh, think that something is good. And if it's only a 50-50 proposition, that is not a good sign. <laughs> Lastly, uh, the uh, opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, once again, thank you, Kyle and Megan, for joining me on episode 226. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.